0: Fucks in deep. I like it. These guys are jerks. Fucks in deep. Bless you, boys. Young men expressing themselves unbelievable. Fucks in deep. Put it in deep. 438 left to play in the third. This is pressure time, folks. Sunday. Crowd is roaring, and there will be overtime in this seminar. This is terrific. rebound! Off the crossfire! And up against the glass behind Tabarato. That leaves pouring on the pressure. But we're still gone. I don't know how they're gone. But they are. Joseph is out of the net. Get away. pass. Shot missed the goal. And it's clear to time.
1: All right, everyone, welcome back. Pucks in Deep Podcast, episode 61. And uh, the isolation continues. I got my boy Adam Lesko here at Lesko Adam on the Twitter sphere. You'll find me if you want to at Coleman42, and the show is at Puckpod. But uh, Lesko, I see you over there on Skype. The sun's shining in your, in your uh, background there. It looks real good. Looks real good. It's still um, cold
2: though. It's been yeah. snowing like off and on for two days.
1: Yeah, I don't even want to talk about it. I mean, life is already pretty <laughs> fucking depressing uh, as it is being stuck inside and having nothing to do. But yeah, the snow really, really adds to it, dude. Because here's the thing. We're not allowed to leave our our homes, right? So that's fine. I mean, I know we can leave the home to go into the yard, but that's my point. I don't even want to go in the fucking yard yeah,
2: because go it's freezing. Outside.
1: I still have to start my car. Why am I starting my car? <laughs> ridiculous so um yeah we're back episode 61 as mentioned we've been off for a while dude when was the last time we recorded
2: three weeks we've been really fucking the dog lately
1: holy jeez
2: no kidding i, I mean, mean it so the whole thing about this Coronavirus and and the isolation and all this shit—it's it's definitely starting to weigh on me. I gotta say, like from a mental standpoint, because okay. is already like bringing up the anxiety levels. Like reading about it and it's everywhere—you can't get away from it. All sports news is Corona news, and news is Corona. Yes. So like, I find it—it's made me care less about just things in general. Like I find it's like it's almost brought us back to society like fundamentals like health, shelter, safety, food, family, you know, just looking after what's immediate. So it's hard to care about other things. Like, you know, I hear these conversations about when, you know, HL might return or whatever, but I'm like, honestly, it just seems so secondary at this point. Right.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, that's fair. Um, I, I think you're, you're keeping your head in the sand if you, you know, if you refuse to acknowledge or something like if you're abiding by the rules, but you're just saying it's, it's going to go away. Like everyone seems to say, you know, we're going to get through this and blah, blah, blah. I mean, what else do you say? Right. You're not going to say anything other than that. But uh, yeah, I mean, at this point in time, I think that's fair, dude, to, to assume that everything else is secondary because really it is. The only reason people are turning the, the news on or reading articles these days is, is to find out when the fuck this is going to be over.
2: That's that's all we want to know. no one knows. Like, no one has (laughs) the answer. No one knows. So we're we're all kind of in the same boat here. And it was nice hearing those highlights off the top of the show. Uh, Because I have jumped back into watching some hockey, some old hockey lately. uh, You know, I love a sportsman. It's been broadcasting some of those, the old Leaf Glory days, Pat Quinn and Sundin and Kujo, the early 2000s. You know, the s- sorry to interrupt. Most exciting time as fans we had, right? Sorry
1: to interrupt, but it's so funny. You use great names like Cujo, Sundin, right? Pat Quinn. The only name I'm thinking of is Bob Cole.
2: <laughs> like, uh, and, yeah. and
1: I'm so glad you brought us back to the intro there because I like totally fucking breezed over it because we're doing these cold, these cold shows right now, right? We can't get together, so we can't yeah. play the intro organically into the episode. I'm going to have to add it in later. But I spent I spent a, a good hour or so working on that with the Bob Cole that I've said this before on the podcast that, you know, three minute long YouTube video. It's a highlight pack of everything from the moment Thomas ties the game until they win. It's, it's a highlight pack and it's just a fucking epic proportion of how did it not uh, like chances off the crossbar, Joseph fucking diving around. Like how does Tucker oh, yeah. not end it? How does Thomas not end it on three consecutive chances from within five feet? It's fucking crazy. And the moment was brought forth for me as a fan. And probably is that where it, that's where it made me want to be a, a play-by-play broadcaster was those <laughs> iconic moments featuring that voice of, of Bob Cole, you know what I'm saying? And that's just terrific. Like it's just a great time.
2: There's just some legendary calls that he made in those series. And for me, it's kind of peak of like my hockey fandom and and hockey memories um, are the good runs that that team had and just so many crazy games. Like I watched a a good YouTube compilation that was um, top. It was like every overtime goal from the 90s into the 2000s playoff overtime goal by the Maple Leafs. Oh, and what it's a video! Pretty much all concentrated from like '93 to '96 of the Gilmore Clark era, and then the rest of it's all '99 to 04, I guess, of the Sundin era. Right. And there's just some unbelievable calls, and you kind of forget about you. Like, I remember when you watch those again, you remember back to when you actually watched it live in person. But I forgot some of the the lesser known heroes of some of those overtime winners, and that was the. Uh, Gary Vaux of the world and oh, yeah. Corey Cross uh, Corey Cros. against Ottawa. <laughs> uh, Gary Roberts and Triple OT actually and that was the year that Sundin got hurt right away in the playoffs Yes, and uh, I think pretty much he and Alan McCauley put the team on their backs and managed to plow through Ottawa there in the first round.
1: Man, I was at Snatch's house. You know Brad. Shout out Brad Bernatchez. I don't even know if you listen Die to hard the-
2: sense fan. Die Diehard
1: sense fan. and And one of the good few. You know, one one of the good few diehard Zen fans, Zen's fans, and he's an absolute beauty. I'm sure he tunes in. Fuck the guy and I were the guy were like uh, the guy and I were like fucking peanut butter and jam, man. Like we were just together all the time. It was kind of like right after you and I had the peak of our friendship and then I had my peak of friendship with snatch, you know, playing road hockey at his place and watching, uh, you know, playing Xbox and watching those games. And I was in his living room and I got in trouble. It was funny. I got in trouble from his old man. Cause I went nuts in the living room and triple overtime woke his mom up. She had to work the next morning.
2: How about watching that with a sense fan, eh? Like, uh, all those games as a kid, but I mean, you kind of forget too about that lease team and, a lot of those years, they had no business beating Ottawa. No, Ottawa was the more talented team, and was the higher seeded team in a lot of those series. And you know the Leafs were good; they had they had some good players, but it was it was mostly like a kind of lunch pail mentality on that team. Like a lot of lot of grit, and a lot of those games, it just seems they wanted it more. They just they just worked harder and, and willed their way to victory. Some games on the back of crazy goaltending from Cujo.
0: Oh, and, from, and
2: from, you know, just a, a, a good cast of characters, the guys who had been around the block and knew what it took to win.
1: Well, I was just actually talking with someone about that particular game, the, the game that we had off the intro. And, you know, they were saying it was just crazy because the, the Senators should have had the game won about five fucking seconds before the Leafs won. And I said, yes, I, I, it's right there on the highlight packet. I don't know who it is because here's my problem, Lesko. They will not play that game. I've n- I haven't seen that game. I've emailed people at CBC. I've emailed people at Sportsnet. And I've thrown emails off to the NHL. I just want to <laughs> see that game. I want the whole broadcast, the entire World. broadcast.
2: Doesn't the NHL have like a library though that you can you can dive into old games?
1: They used to. I remember on my NHL app on my Xbox, like maybe one generation of Xboxes ago, um, there was all kinds. There was it, was it was called archives, and and you went into the archives, and there was all kinds of games, like so many games. And I remember thinking, I'm definitely going to find it here, a hundred percent. I go no. Not there. could find it, eh? It's I, not there. I'm
2: killed for something like that right now. Uh, I mean, most of the stuff I've seen, it's just kind of what I've been fortunate to stumble across on YouTube. And I'm assuming that Sportsnet is kind of the only one with the rights at least to, I don't know, Canadian games or Leaf games for that matter. Because they seem to be the only one broadcasting old games.
1: Well, they own the games. So CBC is now owned by Roger Sportsnet. So Sportsnet has access to all CBC productions. And
2: well, they don't own CBC, but they yeah they do. They own the they own the hockey rights. They don't own CBC. I don't CBC know. Man, owned by the government.
1: Oh, I see. Sorry. Public, okay. Public yeah. Broadcast. Okay. Sorry. The, the okay. So the well, I mean, I guess they I... own the
2: hockey night in Canada broadcast rights and their library of, of games.
1: Right. So well, that's that's all. That's a full stop. Right. Like we're not fucking. Right. We're not talking about Mister Dress Up shows. I'm talking about hockey. Right. Right. Uh, <laughs> but the main reason why I wanted to bring that up to you was because. Like did you have a good enough chance to watch like any of those games at least a whole period or so cuz they played the whole game. Like did you get a ch- did you get a chance to watch a good chunk of the gameplay?
2: Yeah, I watched uh, quite a few of them actually and 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 it was cool to watch cuz like I remember how physical those series were and how jacked up it got you as as a kid watching it. Oh, and, and those big hits. Yeah, those those big hits which is obviously a dra- drastic difference from what we see from the Maple Leafs nowadays. But that was just a big part of that team's character. It's that they would outwork you and they'd outhit you and they'd outgrind you in a lot of situations,
1: well, I'm glad you said drastically different because that was my question. Like, I wanted to ask you because we haven't really talked since last time we did the pod. So I mean, it's a good thing and a bad thing about our friendship. we don't hang out or do fuck all. <laughs> but then we have lots to talk about whenever we get together. There um, you go. I wanted to ask you, like, how different is the game, bro? Like, like there were so many times. Let me give you a specific example. Like not a, not of an actual play, but just of what where I'm going with this. There were so many times where I was like, if that was in today's game, that was a hundred million percent a goal, no doubt about it. That was that would have been a goal. And I don't mean like a breakaway or a one timer. I mean just the way a play develops, and I'm like, well, this is fucking in, and then yeah. and then it, it doesn't go in. Like it's a big saver, a blocker, and and I go. How did that not go in? Like, today's game, when that guy gets a fucking chance like that, it is in. And back then, I think there were not only great saves and shit, but there was just like... I don't know what it was if the game was... Like, if everyone had if everyone had tight stick grips or something, I don't know what it was, but pucks just didn't go into the net back then, even though they probably should have. For some reason, they didn't. And now, these days, they do go in. It's, yeah, it's so different.
2: I think it's a lot... A lot less, you know, scoring ability, scoring skill. I think you had a lot more role players, especially once again on that Maple Leafs team. Um, something, I guess, some good quarantine material to watch is. Uh, it was nice to watch a little bit of McGillicuddy and the Leafs here farm. I forgot how actually how good he actually was for the Maple Leafs oh, when so he good. played there. Um, but Sportsnet aired uh, a, a defection. It's called. It's basically a little documentary, I guess, about. Uh, how McGilney made his way over to the NHL finally and um, not just McGilney but a lot of those guys who made their way to the NHL and and got out of the Soviet Union um, whether they did it uh, legitimately I say that in air quotes are full-on defected from the Soviet Union it's it's really fascinating story
1: yeah I remember you telling me about that not that long ago and um, I I can't believe I haven't gotten into it myself I feel like I might have seen it a while back is it is it an older one or is that is it is it new
2: I'm not sure. Like I, I, feel like it's older, but yeah, I think it's I older. I saw them. I saw them pumping it up recently, and I, I'd been meaning to watch it, and I couldn't remember if I had watched it or not, and I don't <laughs> think I have. But Dude, I, you're I, taking other, the words I'd out of my w- mouth. And, and just because I've always been fascinated in those in those stories of those those guys coming over from the uh, from the Soviet Union. So well, it's crazy,
1: just, you know. People don't think about that side of it when they're talking about oh he's you know he's a soft russian or he never win the cup you're never going to win the cup with a european captain like before that mantra kind of went away and it still exists to a certain degree i'm still yelling at the world juniors i'm still ah yeah get off the ice you softy you know like <laughs> that's the fan that's what we do yeah. as fans but
2: these guys were in the fucking army though. yeah yeah they were, they were political prisoners <laughs> no it's a
1: big no no it was a big risk for them and stop, it shows stop, a toughness. lot of it shows a lot of i was just going to say it shows a a lot of toughness and a lot of pride you know and a lot of dedication to be able to to pull that off and then to come here and, and do what you wanted to like that just because you got out of there doesn't mean you're guaranteed success here man right yeah. like yeah. so uh, that's pretty that's pretty unreal
2: one to check out there for our listeners and obviously there's uh well, I'm, I'm sure we're all hungry for content these days and uh you know there's bits and pieces out there to find uh, i did really enjoy the um uh the streaming that's been going on from some of the Maple Leafs as well. Uh, I caught a bit of Marner's stream yesterday. He was doing um, NHL with Nasher and actually Matthews joined them for for a couple games and uh, those guys are, are pretty fucking good at Chell, I'll tell you that much. Are
1: they playing on PlayStation though, eh?
2: I think so, yeah.
1: Garbage. Come on. <laughs> have, you, have you had any of those debates lately with your PlayStation friends? Any of your PlayStation friends be like, man, I wish you had PlayStation. You could play with us.
2: No, I think we're all past that now. It's everyone's so ingrained in their their choice of console, right?
1: Yeah, it's true. Well, that's what I mean. You haven't had any debates with anybody who's like, ah, yeah, I wish we could play, but we can't because we're on we're on different consoles.
2: Yeah. So, have you been tuning in or like listening to any of your regular sports programming? Because, like I said off the top, I've been kind of I don't know. I've just kind of cared less, and and so much sports has been centered around uh, the Corona story. So it's like you know, have you been kind of delving into anything different or what have you been doing to satisfy the sports craving?
1: Honestly, it's, I I have been watching old sports. I'm, I'm not one of those people that, uh, you know, can't stand watching old sports. You know, there's that, there's that group, right? Like they just won't, like they just won't, they don't enjoy it, which is fine. Like that's fine. But there are certain games out there in all of sports. I'm not talking just hockey. I'll watch an old basketball or football game or something crazy like that. Baseball for sure. I've watched I've rewatched uh Dave uh, Big Poppy, David Ortiz walk off the Yankees. Like I've watched that game in its entirety. That's like a 5-hour game. Like what am I doing, you know? But I find it interesting to go back and 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 to to watch those games and just kind of like you said earlier, relive the feelings that you had uh back when you when you watched them and that i've been filling the void with with old games as far as you know tuning into the shows that i listen to i hate to break it to those boys but i've been lacking a little bit um i've been listening a lot to a lot of howard because at this point now howard is my only way to remain relevant and still have that like PG 13 raunchy delivery. Like, it's not news. It is news, but PG-13, it's not news. PG
2: 13, I think it's a lot worse than no, that. No, but you know it? what I
1: mean? I, like, no, no, Howard gives me that, you know, PG 13 edge that a sports channel on Sirius that doesn't swear would give me. So it's like, I don't want to listen to CNN or BBC. Uh, like, I, I don't watch the news or listen to the news on the regular anyway. Um I prefer to get my coronavirus <laughs> news from guys like Howard Stern. So <laughs> I find it easier. So I've been lacking in terms of sports. Uh yeah. no, no Laying Up podcast, which is a golf pod- podcast uh for Bar- Barstool Sports. Um they just uh, released two pretty good in-depth uh, look at Tiger Woods uh, in the majors. It was two full podcasts and they cover everything from his amateur days, you know, up until the the most recent uh win at the masters last year. So, I'm a big Tiger fan. Uh, I know some of our listeners out there are golf fans as well. So, you know, if you, if you guys check out No Laying Up, uh, there there's a couple of really good lessons for uh Tiger fans out there.
2: Yeah, I've had a hard time, like I said earlier, just kind of tuning in sports stuff. A lot of my regular programs, I haven't been tuning in and I guess a lot of them ha- aren't really the same right now anyway, kind of with a lack of content. I know it's a time where you got to get creative to stay relevant and engage your audiences and you know that's basically what we're trying to do right here today but uh um i think i think Checklists has been a good choice lately i've, I've caught up on a couple of good interviews that they've done uh the Derek sanderson interview i thought was fascinating really love hearing from those old school guys who played in the 70s and 80s you know just a you know even before our time it's a it's an era of hockey that i know very little about other than Aside from a handful of names, oh,
1: it's so cool to hear it explained by a character like Sanderson as well, right? Yeah. I mean, a lot of times I find the casual fan might see, you know, oh, Sanderson's on uh, Chicklet's, like I don't even know who that is, and then just move on because you don't know who it is. Mm-hmm. You you've said this before. Oftentimes, it's the, I don't want to say no name because everybody's a namer, but you know what I mean, when people don't know the name. Any no namer that goes on, like a lot of the times, that's where your best material actually comes from, right, yeah. is that guy.
2: If, if you're older than us, too, t- chances are you've heard of Derek Sanderson because he was a big deal at the time. He, at one point in time, he was the highest paid professional athlete period yes you which is very more money cool Pele yeah well, a very cool story <laughs> and it's great to hear him describe how the negotiations went because uh, at the time there was it was between the WHA signing him and uh and and the Bruins and he was talking about how they were you know pinching him for pennies and it's a really great lesson and, and like I said just a different era a different time and and just to hear what a guy what that guy went through and and how he became who he was is, is just a fascinating story.
1: Yeah, and for any of our listeners here that were racking their brains, like, Derek Sanderson, why do I know that name? Why do I know that name? You might have tripped it off for them when you said Bruins, right? Um, but Sanderson to Orr, Bobby Orr, the uh, the tripping over the, the flying. The infamous, yeah. infamous goal. The, the infamous most famous goal. goal,
2: I guess, in hockey, really. It could be.
1: It could very yeah. well be. Um, there's a good vote for you. Why hasn't that been on? Like some of the you know TSNs or Sportsnet or NHL.coms dot coms of the world, there's a good poll. What's the biggest goal ever?
2: It might not have the it might not have the footage to back it up.
1: No, but what's the best goal ever? Like is 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 your is in your opinion that the the greatest goal ever?
2: It's pretty cool. Um, I'm pretty big partial to the Crosby goal in the 2010 Olympics, but that's just from from being there or not being there, but. You know, being alive to observe it in real time. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that,
1: okay, that's fair. I think
2: there's a recency bias with any time you bring up, like, oh, who's the greatest Leafs of all time? I'm going to automatically go to the guys I've seen play in the last 30 years instead of the Sittlers and Solomings because. You know, as much as I can admit, those were great hockey players. It's not like I saw them play. And I, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to weight them equally, right? Well,
1: I'm glad you went to the 2010 goal. I mean, we're kind of just going off on a tangent. Why not? Fuck, what else are we going to talk about? We do have some stuff to get to, but um, for me, I was going to say Mario in '87. I wasn't. I was alive, I guess, but I wasn't uh, like. Alive, basically. <laughs> Fairly um, conscious. That one would have been huge only because of the way that that series unfolded and, and how it was like a huge... Like, I imagine the country actually erupted when that happened. Not that, not that the Crosby goal, they didn't. I feel like even people that didn't give a fuck about hockey at all in 87 were all fucking over it. Like, gyms were being filled. People were watching. It was crazy. The other one that I might have gone with, too, which might seem like a little... Like a little weird because it's not a game-winning goal, like like a like a sudden-death goal or anything. But Joe Sakic in O two to oh, and, uh,
2: Salt Lake, yeah, yeah,
1: because where, it was where,
2: was that when Mario pulled the dummy.
1: Well, Mario pulled the dummy and Korea scores. That yeah. was to either tie the game or I can't remember. Anyway, all I know was Joe Sakic was to seal it.
2: Yeah, that was the three-one
1: sealed it. Yeah, yeah. And that goal might be for me the greatest goal of all time. I feel like I may have cried when it went when they scored that one. It wasn't even over yet, but it was like everyone was jumping. It was just the it was greatest like they moment. They did it, you know. You they had that did it. feeling. It was fifty yeah. years. We hadn't won gold in fifty years.
2: Yeah, it's the first time we got to see something like that, and it, it meant a lot. And I can remember watching that and the women's game. I just rewatched the twenty ten series. Uh, or 2010 gold medal game which is great believe it or not first time I watched that in 10 years since it occurred
1: Ooh, good segue
2: um, I did not uh, I did not realize how big of a role Mike Richards played on that hockey team and, and even in that hockey game he was incredible out there it brought the energy just yeah and he set up basically that first goal as well uh, just by ter- uh, causing the turnover, and where Taves ends up getting the rebound.
1: Oh yeah, Taves. Oh man.
2: Yeah, a much younger Captain Serious out there, but yeah, yeah, no kidding. Playing phenomenal, and uh, it's just a treat also to get to watch you know, guys like Pronger and Meyer who we don't get to see anymore, obviously. And and what a hockey game, though. I mean, just overall, um, you know, no matter who you cheer cheer for, Canadian or American, <laughs> and you got to say there that. It had the U.S. pulled that off. Like that was a close hockey game, anybody's game, game of itches, right?
1: Yeah, no kidding. Nice little beer burp in there, bud. I like that.
2: <laughs> yeah, excuse me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> still doing the still doing the pints. I like it. I don't have any rye, and I'm not gonna go fucking stand in line at the LCBO for two hours to get fucking rye.
2: Yeah, that's a mess.
1: No um, way.
2: But yeah, that that was anybody's game. Like the fact that the U.S. came back, they had all the momentum and and that would have been a massive upset for us. Like that probably would have been like number 2 to the miracle had they won that game.
1: Yeah, because they were they were almost written off before that tournament started. And and I remember saying to so many people that if the if Canada didn't win gold, US was going to, cuz Canada was such this heavy favorite coming in. And I remember explicitly saying, "I don't understand why even the professional paid to analyze people aren't giving the states any fucking credit here. And they proved me right. They went right to the final. I remember being like, man, this is so unreal. Like, I'm I'm proud of the States for, for getting here because I was big on them. I thought that they were going to actually win the gold medal. Like, I was high, so high on the U.S. squad. I don't remember why. I'd have to go back in time. I just remember being an avid, like... Not supporter, because of course I'm supporting Canada, but I was really adamant that I thought the USA was going to be a a serious threat in the tournament. And they played a phenomenal tournament, and I feel like the main reason for me thinking that about them was Ryan Miller, and that was it. Full stop, Ryan Miller. And that's what he had all tournament long. What did he have, like a a 950 or something coming into the gold medal game? It was ridiculous.
2: He was incredible for them. And just looking, glancing at the roster, I didn't remember the U.S., you know, as being that much of an underdog. um, I remember being kind of concerned, obviously, going into the game like it was anyone's game, and obviously watching it, that's how it turned out. But just glancing at the rosters, like, the U.S. had a lot of young guys on that team, and they weren't, like, there wasn't a lot of top-end talent on that team either. Like, you you go outside of, say, maybe Patrick Kane, Phil Kessel, Zach Parisi, it drops off pretty significantly into a lot of, like, more grinder type players. i would say they had Pete Ryan Kessler too. But he was a force in that game. But you know, Dustin Browns, Malone, like just not uh, backheads. You know what I mean? Like compare, compare guys who probably wouldn't have a hope in hell of making Team Canada.
1: No, of course not. They they wouldn't have. That's a good way to to describe it. And I mean It
2: was a very burked team, a very truculent and oh, yeah. gritty sandpaper kind of team.
1: But that works, you know, on on an international level as well. Like the ice surface is is bigger. Um,
2: small small rink though is vancouver right
1: yeah but didn't they didn't they make it olympic size oh no no, it was just regular right right? okay okay well even even still i mean they they got the job done man they they had they had a good team and they they put up a fight you you talked about zach parise i i like i don't even know how to explain my, my my hindsight feeling about parise because i think i've since the Olympic Games in twenty ten, I, I had heard someone say, like, someone said something about Zach Parise, and then another person in the same room as me was like, "Yeah, fuck, fuck Zach Parise, man! Like, guy ties up the game, like, almost ruins my life." And, and I am like, "Hold on a second. I go, "Hold on a second! You should be thanking Zach Parise because if it weren't for Zach Parise, we would have never had Iggy Iggy in the golden goal, once in a lifetime, you know." Like so, in my hindsight play, I'm so happy that Parise actually tied the game. And when I was watching it again, I watched it like, "Oh, dude, I watched it." I think two or three nights after we recorded last time because I was like oh I'm all excited we're going to talk about this game so I've already forgotten it since then (laughs) but all I do remember is I'm sitting on the couch going Parise is going to score Parise is going to score and I'm all I'm fucking happy about it and then he scores and then I'm like oh here we go like time for Sid to bring it home for for Canada and such a great Crosby moment in in a tournament where he was kind of shit on a little bit I remember a lot of people kind of taking shots at Crosby because he wasn't producing on the point uh, like basically as far as points are concerned but again I was a big supporter of Crosby's game you know in the face-off circle defensively speaking for Canada like I thought he did a better job than people were giving him credit for and it was nice to see him pop the game winner
2: yeah he wasn't like incredibly noticeable throughout the game either like it seemed that a lot of the offense was being generated by the Taves Richards and was it Nash combination and the other line that seemed to get a shitload of ice time was the Getzlaff Perry. And oh, yeah. uh, who was the other guy in that wing? I can't remember. So oh, I, now. I can't but,
1: remember either. But they, they got a, You know who didn't get any fucking ice time was Patrice Bergeron. Patrice
2: Bergeron, I know. Oh, I was my just God. the same head. He didn't even break a sweat. I couldn't even. I didn't know what line. Was he an extra forward?
1: I think he was an extra forward, man.
2: Like, can you dress an extra guy in Olympic or something One like that? Three. I was. I wanted to figure that out. Because I noticed him on the ice maybe one time in that hockey game.
1: 13 forwards.
2: Yeah, so an extra forward.
1: Right? Yeah, an yeah. extra forward, yeah.
2: Interesting. Okay, so that, that makes some sense there. And, and I guess they just had their line set, and that's, that's what they were rolling with. Because even the the fourth line was Marlo, uh, Thornton, and Heatley. And yeah. they didn't even play very much.
1: No, they didn't. And, and you know what's really crazy to think? Imagine having this conversation with someone today and saying that, Brendan Morrow got, got, you know, all the ice time instead of Patrice Bergeron. <laughs> yeah,
2: sorry. Brendan Morrow was the other winger on
1: that line. Oh, oh that's who it is, right? That, he okay.
2: was with uh, Perry and Getzlaff and he put a shit ton Right. Out
1: there. Yeah. Like it was a different time, man. I mean, I don't know. It, it doesn't seem like that long ago. I, I said this to Kirsty when, uh, you know, she was sitting next to me when I, when I fired it up, she watched a bit of it with me and I said, it's just, it doesn't seem like that long ago. It really uh, doesn't like I, you know how sometimes as time goes on, dude, like you lose specific memories, uh, about a or like specific aspects about a memory. You just remember like cheering with certain people or whatever, but you might not remember what you were wearing or something, but then there are certain memories, uh, that aren't so distant in the past that you remember everything about. Like, I remember everything about that Crosby goal. Everything. Absolutely everything. But, you know, as you go back in time, even the 0-2 um, Olympics where Sakic scores, Mario does the fake shot through the legs over to Korea. Like, I don't really remember any specifics about that, but I can really vividly recall 2010, and it's 10 fucking years ago, bro. That's how fast time flies.
2: Yeah, and I can definitely recommend it's. It's worth a rewatch for anybody who's interested. You can pull it up on YouTube. Uh, no commentary, oddly enough, in the one that I watched, which was kind of cool, but equally like it builds up a lot of the the hype, you know, so it's it would have been nice to have that beauty call from Gordon Miller uh, in there. But uh, Chris Cuthbert. Yeah, I mean, and uh, anything else you've been getting into, though, any other old games or shows you've been watching? Did you get into Tiger King? I guess is the big question. Oh,
1: did I get into Tiger King? Fuck, yeah, I, I, couldn't, didn't wa- I couldn't get out.
2: I know. I I didn't want to say too much when I talked about it on the show last time and. Without spoiling too much, and also, it's just really hard to put into words what you're watching.
1: There were probably, I'm going to say, seven or eight times where I very loudly and very seriously proclaimed, "I can't believe this is real."
2: Yeah, it seems uh, it seems so unbelievable that it's got to be fake. It's right? so
1: unbelievable that it cannot be real. But he did. He did run for governor. <laughs> like, oh, it's, it's I, ridiculous. I was,
2: when I was watching, I'm like, it's only a matter of time for this guy runs for something. Like, just because you can tell how much like Joe Exotic like feeds off attention and everything, right? Like that's what he was all about. And, and this guy was like, he was he was an early adopter of like uh, internet shows and and that sort of thing, right? Like that's what kind of born the idea of. This is a show. The concept is, is, is years and years old.
1: And then when they bring on his fucking campaign manager and I'm like, who is this guy? Like, who is this guy, man? With You know the guy I'm talking about? Wasn't his name Joshua or something with the plaid shirt? I don't
2: know, but what a legend, eh? Like, talk about a guy, because he really is like, oh, yeah, I just really want to be into politics so badly I was willing to work for Joe Exotic. And it was kind of cool if you watch the follow-up episode where he explains, he's like, honestly it's like it was a horrible place to be in work environment but he's like i experienced something i never otherwise get to experience It's true uh living there and working there and man i there's nothing more like awful than watching that that scene like from the footage where he witnesses buddy accidentally blow his fucking brains out
1: oh i wouldn't know i wouldn't say accidentally
2: well I, it seemed seemed pretty accidental what
1: we're total spoilers, but who cares if you haven't seen Tiger Hi, King? It's your Tiger own King. fucking fault.
2: You're living in fucking 2010. We have to talk
1: about it. Yeah, you yeah. think you think that that was accidental, man? Because remember oh, he, yeah. remember where he sat. He sat. They said that on the show too that he sat strangely over where you couldn't see him on the camera.
2: Yeah. I know, but like, what do you think? You know, that some methhead kids, fucking not aware of where the cameras are and what he's doing. I don't know, like. It doesn't sound like... Especially when you watch the follow-up so, episode and the way he describes it, but...
1: Oh, okay. T-
2: talk about trying to describe the show as a whole, though, is just... is almost impossible. Like, t- My two biggest takeaways from the whole thing is, like, these are all horrible people, for one, and, like, a horrible industry. And two... And, and this is so, something that I've kind of felt that way going into it, but, like, big believer of, like, not really liking the concept of zoos and animals and captivity and all that kind of shit. I hate zoos. So, so, I don't like... It,
1: yeah, I hate Zeus. I won't Watching go to a this zoo. whole
2: thing. Was pretty disgusting and pissed me off pretty bad. You know how some of them are acting like, "Oh, I'm well, I'm better than him, and I I'm better than others," and fucking Carol and all that. shit. Carol
1: Baskins was no better. She was doing the exact same thing. Oh, I'm saving tigers and putting them in fucking cages. Yeah, but she, Joe she
2: is she bad. She's just better at marketing.
1: Yeah, fine.
2: And and how how certain are you that she murdered her husband?
1: Oh, very.
2: Yeah. There has been more people going to jail from that show without a doubt.
1: <laughs> you know, the other thing was that, uh, again, remember how I told you I kept proclaiming, I can't believe this is real. I also kept saying, this is like just so incredible that they had these fucking cameras rolling at all times. <laughs> like at all times, the fucking cameras were rolling, man. And it just, it worked out to be this incredible smorgasbord of fucking video hours and hours and hours and we only saw what they gave us let's go
2: well and we didn't get to see what what buddy had been recording because the guy was already working on a reality show and remember they burnt the studio burnt it down yeah uh, think of all the footage and shit that buddy had of all that man
1: it was pretty cool i was i was a little upset when it was over i'm not gonna lie because the thing is i
2: I couldn't get enough of it
1: it started kind of slowly I think the first two, they were really, really, really working on the backstory. Which they
2: keep you going with how ridiculous it is.
1: Yeah, but they were really working on everyone's backstory, which actually proved to be really useful when shit started hitting the fucking fan. And it was like, oh, this is getting good. (laughs) Like, what's coming next? What's coming next? And that's that's how the rest of the show went until I was done watching it, which seemed like five minutes. I was done.
2: Yeah, the I guess the most craziest shit I guess that I uh, I took away as well from this show was um, apparently meth will make you temporarily gay and (laughs) (laughs) and uh, Carol Baskin's fucking uh, new husband in those wedding photos Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. It was one of those several moments of watching the show where I looked at my wife going, what in the fuck are we watching? Like, (laughs) what is this shit?
1: (laughs) It was pretty funny, man. I I wish I had it in front of me because I would read it verbatim, but it would be bad podcasting to go look for it. So I'll just tell you about it. But I saw this post a little while ago, and you may have seen it, too. It was really funny where it was like, all right. The year is 2031, and this is a conversation going on between two people, uh, a young person who didn't know what coronavirus was. And they were just explaining basically life. And at one point, it was like, you know, they they got through the disease, and they said everyone had to stay inside. Everyone was hoarding toilet paper. It was very strange. And then they were like, and just before everyone went insane— instead of riots and looting everyone got saved for a brief period by this meth addicted gay tiger like whatever you know and just and then went on to explain a little bit about Tiger King and how everyone jumped on the Tiger King bandwagon before they went crazy and it was just it was just hilarious like 2020 is already such a crazy year with what we've been going through basically since the, since january 1st since the calendar turned it seems like nothing but shit has happened to to everyone we're losing greats and everything else um you know it's uh i don't know you gotta you gotta find a way to make some sort of light of it don't you at the end of the tunnel
2: i guess so and and maybe this is what's keeping us uh, keeping me going and keeping a smile on my face is all the memes that that memes. Were born out of this show It's it's just nonstop. actually my probably my favorite one it's somebody like face blended Trump and, and Joe exotic. And it's just, it's money in the bag.
1: Nice there. I, I saw a lot of, uh, what you're saying face on other people's bodies. The one of them yeah, was yeah. they put it on, they put tiger, like tiger woods's face on tiger King. <laughs> like, oh that, yeah, yeah. That was one, pretty funny. One, too. one
2: question actually, uh, that I definitely have about what was with the music videos. Like, on oh. it. Carol had them. Like, th- th- what is with these people and their music videos? And they're all so bad, like, all green screen and hilarious. Man. Corniest shit you've ever seen.
1: And, and like, Joe, the, the funniest thing about Joe is that, like, there are actually some people out there that, that, like, that liked it. Like, some old country fans, you know, and they wouldn't even have otherwise known, maybe, who this guy was. Maybe they just heard it and liked it. Then they found out that it's this guy and then they watched the show and they're like, fuck, I can't like this music anymore. I don't know. But it wasn't even him. Like it was, was, he didn't, he didn't write them. He didn't sing them. He didn't play them. He was just acting.
2: He's definitely the most famous guy in Oklahoma. You got to figure. And I've been there before. And Oklahoma is gritty. (laughs) Gritty. What were you in
1: Oklahoma for?
2: On my way to California.
1: Oh, okay. I see. I Nobody see. Nobody
2: goes to Oklahoma. You're just passing through. I
1: was going to say, holy shit. Like, I was hoping you were going to say work or something Actually, like when that. I
2: was in Oklahoma, I, we stayed in, like, a, a pretty scary motel, um, like, just based on the overall condition of it. And we were watching cops when we were in the hotel. And they, they're they talking about, oh, uh, Mustang, Oklahoma. Like, they're just on the eye, whatever. And I'm like, that's literally right there. Like, yeah, like where the car chase was going on was in the fucking highway that was like ran by the hotel like <laughs> in, the, in the same town and everything i'm like oh my fuck we're right this is real hey eh? we're, we're right in one here
1: so it was actually going on
2: not occurring because it's not cops isn't live oh right? okay well so I, I thought like, maybe i thought this? maybe
1: you were watching live pd or something no, but that's an american no, was, show that's american yeah, show. Yeah, i
2: was watching cops like in this motel and they're talking about like the a crime
1: yes, had um, occurred right over there.
2: Yeah, basically like a major crime. It also looked like someone may have gotten murdered in that pool that was in the motel as well. Oh, so.
1: oh the places you'll go.
2: The places you'll go, absolutely.
1: <laughs> nice. All right, my man. Well. Yeah, what are we what are we, what are we up to next here? We, we've been going on for a little for a good while, man. It's a good. 45. I did want to
2: hit it because we've been known to talk about wrestling on occasion, and, and uh, I don't know about you, but I've been filling a bit of my time with a little wrestling content here and there. Oh, I but did. The, the WWE has been still going on. They've been filming um, basically shows with no audience and only essential staff, I guess, to produce the show. Uh, it's really weird to watch. I don't know if you've seen any clips uh, from from the matches going on in empty buildings, but what the hell is with them getting declared essential by the state of Florida? Cause they got shut down apparently for a bit.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I, I, obviously it's a board meeting with some people and they need a vote and the vote went the way it went. I mean, it's just, you know, certain sports, certain activities are, are bigger in certain areas. Right. Um, I don't know. It would be, it would be like, I, I don't know. I don't, I can't even think of a, a comparison or something I was going to try and compare something with like Philadelphia and basketball or, or something like that. Like yeah. if there was a, if there was an outdoor basketball league that got shut down in Philly, that would be a massive thing. And they might, you know, Pennsylvania might say, okay, outdoor basketball is allowed or something like that. Like, cause they, they love I, it down there.
2: I think it just shows you how politically powerful the big man's are. Like I'm pretty sure Mrs. McMahon there, whatever her name is, was working in the white house under trump like they're very close to trump and like obviously i would assume the governor and other people throughout politics so i think there's some wheels getting grease there for them to be able to continue operating
1: okay well that makes sense i didn't know that i wasn't i'd have no idea about that anyways but that makes sense yeah okay i mean is it really that bad that they're able to do it though like are you kind of thinking that it's it's a stupid idea
2: why them is essential just sounds stupid it does sound stupid yeah
1: Wrestling. Like not. Wrestling is essential.
2: <laughs> so I guess to kind of keep it on the political theme and whatnot, um, there has been a lot of talk in the news most recently surrounding when sports are going to return. Obviously, the the brass of the major sports organizations have been kind of clamoring for this or floating different ideas. And, and it sounds like they've been in communication with, with uh, politicians and and sponsors and stuff about getting ideas out there. Uh, it sounds like the most viable options I've heard uh, come out of the MLB and, and apparently with the NHL as well by pitching potential uh, neutral site games. I think the NHL has floated the idea of North Dakota or Connecticut or a few different spots. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Like, How feasible do you think this is? Is this something maybe we see in the summer? I mean – yeah you
1: ask me because you have to I, I i have no answer to give you. I have no idea if it's feasible I, I like if it is then fucking do it. I've seen some people online uh you know some of their takes are you know is it really that is it really gonna be that exciting anyways if there's if there's if there's no fans like imagine a Stanley cup being awarded in front of no fans like yeah, I understand that these things are unprecedented and it would be weird but I, I, I still i still want it awarded. we played. We played so many games. The the yeah, playoffs so were right the there. Let's go. Let's like, go. Let's let, figure yeah. out a way, guys. You yeah. can do it. Figure it out.
2: I just I, I just don't see a way it happens that everyone's happy though. I mean
1: No, that's not possible.
2: I mean, you have to get the thing is you have to get the PA on board. You have to get the players on board. And from what I've sound from what I've heard about these ideas that they've floated out so far, it sounds like um and this is based on uh, Dr. Fauci's recommendations, like the the main lead guy there on, on uh, diseases in the States. He basically said, yeah, no fans, but you also have to have your players quarantined in a hotel the whole time. How's that going to go over the players?
1: Like, I don't know. Doesn't, it,
2: it doesn't I, sound like it's something guys are going to be interested in signing up for.
1: Yeah, but what if it's to go win the Stanley Cup, bro?
2: I know, but you got guys with like pregnant wives. You got guy guys with young kids. Like, yeah, but
1: you have guys with pregnant wives and young kids every year that don't yeah, get to see them. Yeah, but you're not
2: completely isolated from your family for months at a time and locked up in a, a hotel, a hotel. Not like oh, you're on the road for a bit. You're going home. Oh, you got a couple games at home. Like this is like a you're living in like a work camp.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. I just I I want I want to see it done because yeah you're 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 bringing up a good specific example of of a of a huge deterring reason a deterring reason to not want to do it like being stuck in that one hotel but realistically when you're on a road trip you are you're stuck in the hotel then you're going on a plane and you're going to yeah. another fucking hotel and you're on a plane like i don't know i mean I, I don't think that it's a crazy thing to imagine that some players would actually like the idea you know yeah, to, I, to just i would assume that- To just be there with the boys and like, can I bring my Xbox? Can I bring my TV? All of a sudden, it's a fucking, it's a, it's a, you're having a time. You're in the best hotel ever with a great workout facility, a fucking pool, everything you could fucking imagine, you know, Wi Fi to FaceTime with your family and everything. Like what's the, what's the problem? And you're going for a chance to win the cup and it's going to be extremely quick because there's no fucking travel involved or anything. We're doing a game every other night until the series is over.
2: Yeah, I can imagine younger guys maybe buying in a little easier. But for sure, that's going to be the, the biggest thing. And, and that's probably the biggest kind of issue that we're going to have as a society when it's t- when we're talking about kind of restarting and trying to get back to business as usual is that, you know, corporate interests obviously want to open up the economy and get things going as soon as possible because they're losing money and they depend on their workers to make fucking money. Right. But you got the workers, people who don't want to necessarily put themselves at risk for $12 an hour to go bag groceries, which, you know, and the unfortunate situation we're in right now, these are the people who are stuck doing that. Now, that's not a very good comparison to sports, but I I think you're going to have that same battle. It's going to be ownership who's going to be in the league who are going to be clamoring uh, to get something going where, where hockey players are thinking more about their lives and less about the business of hockey.
1: Which is, again, I keep saying it, Like it's a fair thing to say. It's a fair argument. Um, I don't really have much to say against it, to be honest with you. But let me put it this way. At this point in time, where we are at globally, we're finding out very quickly what kind of significance and impact sports can have by not having them. And then when we start having them again, it's just... You better be there. Like I'm already saying to myself that I'm going to the first Sens game that is happening. I'm going. And I think it'll be interesting because I'm close enough to go to the Sens game. It won't be stupid expensive. And I think a ton of other people will also go because of the reason that I just said we just, can't go. Just
2: be thankful to have it back. to be
1: thankful that it's yeah. back. I'm yeah, gonna go, that, I'm gonna that go that to back. a Jays game. I'm gonna go to several maybe this summer. And for what? Because of Corona, like for no other reason, bro. It's like because of this pandemic and this isolation thing that we're all going through as a global society, we are all going to appreciate not only things like sports, but also, you know, friends, family, get togethers pints uh you know pints on the deck pints in the garage like all these times when someone has said hey you want to come swing by for a quick game of darts uh no i think i'm just going to chill out you know no i'm going over for a quick game saying, of darts
2: yeah gonna be the yes man once this is all done it's gonna be hard to say no to anything <laughs> yeah exactly uh, speaking of the setters there uh it, it was interesting to read recently that apparently melnick or the sanders organization has tabled three separate proposals oh. to get the league resumed. Oh, yeah. I would really like to see what those proposals are, because I guess there's been a lot of debate over not just the, uh, how free agencies should be handled, how the draft should be handled. Um, and I will I will give a little pat on the back to the centers organization. Uh, they, they've been kind of maybe disproportionately hit by the corona thing more than anyone else. They had six players right. uh, and people in the organization who were affected by this. Uh, But they've really stepped up in the community in Ottawa. I know the Sens and Sens Foundation are doing all kinds of different things, uh, supporting local charities, uh, you know, making sure people have food and PPE. uh, So it's really good to see and good opportunity maybe for all Eugene to build some goodwill there locally.
1: Yeah. And I mean, all recovered, by the way. Important to note, right? All six cases have been recovered. So, sends uh, players and staff. It was some staff, too, right? I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, everyone uh, re- recovering nicely. So, that's good to note. Um, and, yeah, they, they gave us a couple signings as well. Um, I don't think we have them on record or anything, but we just mentioned that, you know, they'd been doing their, their part to create a little bit of good hockey talk from their, you know, PR perspective. As you mentioned, you put it great in that way. It's It's, it's a good good opportunity to uh be able to you know make yourself look a little better um than you have in recent months and years um oh shit i forgot where i was going i just got a fucking call and i had to i had to decline the call on my phone i'm skyping you right now oh speaking of uh by the way do you like my fucking uh isolation stash you like that
2: yeah i'm bringing it back eh it's about time
1: it's coming in thicker than last time, boy.
2: You got to keep it going. Like you you gave up in like less than a month last time. You got to keep it going longer. Well,
1: no, fuck no. Wasn't I had think I had it uh I I started the last week in November and I think it lasted right up until the end of January. So 2 months, a good 2 months I think I had it. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. It's I I've just been calling it my corona stash. So I'm not shaving it until I can, you know, go play fucking baseball at Riverside Park and, you know, have beers and smoke joints at my Pembroke Athletics. Uh-oh. What do you got?
2: Uh-oh, I'm losing ya.
1: Are you losing me? Okay, I lost, well. yeah. Well, let's try and fight through it because I can oh, hear you. So got you. I yeah, got you there. Okay, I hear you. Okay. Chill out. Stop yelling. Just, at you me. got you
2: got
1: frozen. <laughs> I saw I that I wasn't it.
2: sure if you could hear me, so I was just yelling. No, no,
1: that's fine. I was initially I was like, let's just try and battle through. Like, I'm not gonna stop the recording. Uh, we don't we don't edit, right? We don't edit here on the Pucks and Deep podcast. So um I find sometimes uh, adversity can be can be fun to listen to. But speaking of isolation, I do wanna dial it back a little bit because I wanted to get a better perspective from you personally on this actual pandemic. And like, cause I remember you saying on the previous episode, which seems like forever ago, you were, I'm not going to say you were scared about it, but you were like adamant that you don't fuck with these pandemics. So I, I, yeah, like, you know my one buddy he was interested to know where 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 you went he said did let's go go to the cottage cuz he said he said if this shit you know hit the fan he was taken off to his fucking cottage so let the listeners know <laughs> well, like what what I happened i had
2: to stay home i had to stay home cuz i'm working from home now i got my nice little home office set up and everything I go to the office occasionally but I'm, maybe i maybe haven't been as isolated as i like to be but like i said i've taken necessary precautions and I don't screw around with this shit. Like I'm not going to any stores like making my wife get the groceries. Although I. <laughs> I'm so glad you said that because
1: I think he made that joke too. He was like, I could see him sending his wife to go get the groceries.
2: <laughs> oh yeah. She liked it that way better. Like, uh, she, I don't know. I, I hate grocery shopping to begin with. Like I stayed a hell out a Walmart and especially now it's like, it's like communist Walmart where you got to wait in line and all this stuff now right. and. So I've been just trying to lay low and keep my hands clean and everything. And Are you like bathing
1: safe. in Purell?
2: I don't even have that much to go around. I'm trying to ration it. Like, Oh, come on. You probably in.
1: fucking jacked one of the leaders of Purell that you ordered from
0: work.
2: No, not even, man. Like I got like a, a bottle in the truck. So when I go in and out of places, which I like wearing gloves and everything for anyway and throw on the old n95 mask i was gonna
1: ask you are you are you masky am i gonna see you out there looking like you're gonna rob a Seven Eleven with your I mask on? once or
2: once or twice but other than that i haven't really had to because i haven't been in in too many public places like at all really like i said i've only been you know out and about like get gas i mean there's not really been no reason to go go anywhere so far and you know i guess i'll have to buy beer soon
1: uh i know well the drive-thru is open at Debose.
2: Oh uh, yeah! If you get across the border, they're policing the border like it's
1: what? Like it's Are they? time right
2: now. Yeah, like the the they're trying to eliminate like unnecessary travel over the Quebec border, so you can't just pop over there and buy pints. I guess.
1: Oh, that's terrible news. Because I'm running on yeah, my last few as well. I've been I've been slowly drinking my beers as I play 18 holes of golf on uh, on the golf club on Xbox. We actually had pretty fun times, man. We had like a whole foursome going on. Everybody plays the course at the same time and you can see all everyone's different shot like moving around on the screen and and shit and we're all having pints. It's like we're it's like we're playing real golf. It's not bad.
2: Yeah, close enough. Eh? It could be
1: worse. I'm wor- I'm working on uh I'm working on Kirsty. I've I've nearly got her committed to uh um you know financially speaking helping us uh install a simulator here in, oh, the, in boy. the garage
2: let well, me know keep us posted on how that goes oh
1: i will i will but bro think about it man like i
2: you want to put it in the garage yeah i want to put it in the garage yeah yeah for the summer you're, you're gonna be full garage guys never gonna come out of there what do you mean you'll just be in there smacking balls and hitting pines oh all you day. mean like
1: buddies of mine
2: oh well you and buddies yeah and but whatever. i'm talking
1: about during this isolation thing man yeah yeah. i keep because the game well because you fuck that just play like if I like uh, I can't even go to a driving range. What am I gonna do? Like I can't go to Walmart and buy a hundred dollars worth of fucking you know practice balls and 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 where where am I gonna hit them?
2: Crush them into the farmer's field. No
1: man, come on. The, those farmers like they I can't just hammer fucking golf balls in there. They're gonna get all spit up and chewed out by their fucking machines. They're gonna know I'm doing it.
2: Everybody does
1: it. That's not going to look good on me at all. I'm the only person here that would be able to put gall. Anyway, I'm not Those going to do big that. Take old combines to eat my. Golf ball my point buy. is, my point is, is I. I wanted to know, like, I'm a regular golfer. I'll golf anywhere from two to five times a week. Like, I'm out there all the time, especially when the sun is high. The membership I get, I pay a bunch of money up front, and then every time I go to the golf course, I only pay 50% of whatever the cost is. So that means I always go after 2.30, because that's twilight rate, and you can play as much golf as you want. So I'll show up at, like, 6 o'clock sometimes and play from 6 till 9.45 like until the sun finally goes down. That's three hours and 45 minutes. I can probably golf two 18s by myself, right? So I get a lot of golf in, but that also means I spend a lot of money on golf. So I was trying to offset, like if I can't golf at all this year, I'm probably going to save, I'm going to save five to seven grand. I think that's fair.
2: Pop pop your money into a simulator. Exactly.
1: And I already did all the math. A simulator is probably going to cost me like 7,500, eight grand. Like really, every, that much, eh? every, no, no, that that's everything. No simulator, uh, projector, the mat to hit off of the screen to get, to put up. Yeah. Like there's a bunch of things you got to get. I'm looking wow. at about probably eight grand, but if I, I don't. i
2: some people posting that online. Like some people have those set up in their garages.
1: If I don't golf at all, I'm not spending any money on golf and yeah. Oh, I should just put it in my pocket. Well, fuck that. Like I want to golf and like, <laughs> I want to golf. There's no way you can tell me that I'm not going to be able to swing my fucking clubs this year
2: like talking to you. just smash a block of balls in the fucking farmer's field. No, that's we'll no against together. the rules.
1: No, immorally, <laughs> immorally uh, incorrect.
2: Immorally incorrect. No, <laughs> I think I'm fine eat a golf ball alive.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's fine. But I'm not going to be the idiot. It's like, oh, yeah, by the way, Dave, your fucking uh, tenant has been slamming like it. hundreds of golf balls into our fucking field.
2: They don't know it's you. There's no other house,
1: dude. It has to be me.
2: There's other houses, and they've, like they've never a, had and they've never had golf business, balls right? in
1: that field before. There's no houses oh, here. Oh, they
2: don't know that. Anyways, anyway, you want to pivot back to hockey? We do have some hockey news to get over. Uh, there has been, uh, you know, a little bit of things happening. Some free agent signs out there. Everything uh, is
1: happening.
2: Yeah, I, one thing I want to talk about that I, I forgot last episode, and the most exciting hockey news I think out there is that the Canadian royal couple was confirmed officially. Uh, Mork and Riley and Tessa Virtue.
0: Oh,
1: dude, you put it in the prep that the Canadian Royal, like, oh, you took it out, didn't you? Oh, there it is. I was so excited about the confirmation of the Canadian royal couple and completely forgot to talk about it. I looked at that and was like, I'm just skipping over that. I don't even know what the fuck he's talking about. You don't know
2: what I'm talking about. I was like, if
1: he wants to talk about some fucking royal couple, like who the hell is it? I don't even, and I just kind of breezed right on past. (laughs) So I'm, I'm glad that, again, I went into that blind. And now I know you're talking about Morgan Riley and Tessa Virtue, which had been rumored for quite some time.
2: Like a long time. I'd seen rumors about it online for, for a long time. It's one of those things you just hoped it was true. And then to find out it actually was true. I thought that was pretty awesome.
1: Do you think she's uh, like, do you think she's pretty good at puck? Do you think she can play some puck?
2: Oh, I bet you she can hack around. No I bet problem. you she's
1: probably good. I mean, she'd yeah. obviously be a great skater. Let's be honest.
2: I, yeah, I, I, it it couldn't be that far off for her to pick up a stick and. Like, I'm not boss. saying
1: she can. I'm not saying yeah. she can fucking bob and weave and inside and out in traffic and stuff. Like, she's probably just a good, like a a, a decent skater. And if she has any kind of coordination, which I'm sure she has, she's landing she fucking right triple D? axles
2: and shit. She play right D though
1: i had a joke but it was offside so i'll leave it alone oh, yeah
2: don't do that uh yeah big news biggest news in leafland we've had so far uh actually probably the biggest news we have had in Leaf leafland is that uh or sorry toronto managed to sign khl free agent alexander alexander barabanov
1: i would have said barabanov
2: Barabinov, okay.
1: Well, it's Russian, right? So, like,
2: I haven't heard anyone say it on the radio, so I'm just guessing.
1: Me neither. Yeah, you're right, but you kind of know what I'm going, right? Like, that's a dialect thing. Like, I could, I could very well be wrong, but Russians are like, you know. I why am I blanking on any other OVs? There's been a fucking ton of them, <laughs> but they're always like blah, 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 blah right? Like That's they're.
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: Finneganov or Nabokov, right? Like something like that. Markov, like it's always like a ha ha kind of thing. So yeah, I would yeah. go with Barabanov, but I don't Barab- know. He's a, okay. t- he's a small little guy, eh? 5'10, 190.
2: Yeah. Well, small, I guess, you know, is that small really in today's NHL, but yeah, 25 years old, 5'10", 190. But if he's 190,
1: uh, that's actually pretty solid for 5'10". Usually it's like a 5'10", 180 kind of deal. That's what you tend to see uh in in the nhl from guys that are that height so he's got another 10 pounds or so on the average player his height so he's either like a little stocky guy or or i don't know big legs maybe who knows probably
2: got some bulk to him eh? yeah uh, so i guess so most uh recent shortened season in the khl uh he put up 20 points in 43 games uh last year a little more notable for him, putting up 46 points over 58 with uh uh, Scott St. Petersburg which is usually one of the powerhouses in the K but I mean this guy's got lots of pro experience he's been there seven years and it sounded like uh, based on what his agent said about 20 teams had acquired on him over the, the last year or so Yep. Uh, it doesn't seem like he might have he may not have as immediate of an impact as say Ilya Mikheyev did who might be considered more of a higher-end talent but this is the kind of stuff that we, we want to see from the Toronto Maple Leafs and that's uh, getting these cost-effective one-year deals that could turn out to exceed uh, what they're paying them in terms of value
1: yeah and I mean you know for me um, you talked about the 20 teams inquiring and, and how it ca- it came down to Arizona and Toronto and uh, you know apparently uh, it was a, a, a discussion with Kyle Dubas that tilted the scales in the Maple Leafs favor and As a Leaf fan, man, you gotta love hearing stuff like that. Like you got whether or not this guy turns out to be uh, a hit or a miss. At this point in time, uh, it's a win. Like this happens a lot with with unsigned free agents, uh, specifically with those coming from overseas. Um, You know, and and the Leafs have been involved in many of those in the past. Uh, One of them that sticks out at me is Jonas Gustafsson. You know, the monster. Everybody was hyped up about getting the monster, and Berkey was able to to get him over here. And I remember thinking, like, you know, that's the reason why you know, the Leafs are a great team. Like, uh, I, I love, I love the Leafs. I love cheering for them. And I love knowing that we've, we always have a chance at, at, at a free agent, maybe, you know, and th- th- those are the years where <laughs> no one really wanted to come to Toronto, right? Like it was kind of strange. And now we've, we've come full circle and it started with, you know, guys like Patrick Marlowe that, that wanted to come to Toronto. And, um, it, hopefully that trend continues. But for me, uh, it's nice to see a, a Kyle Dubas win trying to get a guy over some rival GMs.
2: It's definitely become a, an appealing destination for sure for free agents and and obviously now for KHL and overseas free agents. And I think it really goes a lot to show you just not what the Maple Leafs have been able to do as an organization. Uh, you know, a lot of people might point to, well, they got the, the money to pour into scouting and to enticing guys. On the experience here and and the recruitment drive that they they're they're producing, a lot of people. Uh, some I've seen some writers compare it to how colleges pursue athletes in the United States, uh, but you know, in saying that Dubis was a major factor in him signing here, a lot of what Dubis displayed with Mikheyev, especially when Mikheyev got injured, was him being there for the guy when he was hurt and having a tough time, and I think. Dubas being a good person and being obviously the key representative of the organization here is something that is bigger than all what you can do from a hockey standpoint for yeah, anybody.
1: Yeah, I think that's a really good point because let's be honest, um, the the tough times have passed us by, and we kind of were seeing that with the you know NHL's Me Too movement. Um, and I'm not I'm not saying that those are related, but it's just you, you see a lot of that old school mentality of like, get up, fight back. I'm going to kick you when you're down again to, to try and, you know, spur you on and and make you a better person. And I was never doing anything to actually hurt you. I just wanted to get the best out of you. That that's kind of giving way to a much more human approach. And we're not talking about just sports. We had this conversation months ago when this was going down, you know, Bill Peters and, and everything, everything else like, um, The world is shifting more towards a human approach, an understanding approach. And whether that is babying our Generation X or what, I mean, that's for another podcast or another argument. But at this point in time, as far as the sports world is concerned, it is very important, I think, to see that human element uh, instead of the business element. because you know, let's go, it must be like, it must've been tough or scary going into like a general manager or an owner's office or something like that. And just like being afraid of being afraid of them, you know, like you're sitting in the chair and you're like, Oh man, I hope I'm not in trouble. turns out you're getting promoted, but you went in there scared because you didn't know what to expect. You know, and I think that's, that's kind of fading away and there's more of a relationship between the high level brass and, you know, all the way down to the actual players now than, than there ever was before.
2: I think so, and it's really selling players on an experience. I mean, it's no longer just about what the facilities like, what the on-ice product's like, and how you fit in on the team, but how an organization is going to treat you as a whole, treat you and your family like you. you know, teams are, are, are looking at different ways that they can ensure that their guys are happy and that they're going to get the best return on their investments. Funny that you mentioned Bill Peters, because he managed to be in the news the other day. Oh, right. Uh, Right. Believe it or not, has been signed in the KHL actually as a head coach. Uh, most ironically, uh, that this team's best player has been for several years, Mr. Nigel Dawes, former New York Ranger, I believe, and uh, has been quite a, he's actually one of the better, I think, all time KHL scorers now. He's had a very successful career over there. Uh, isn't that fucked? Is that not fucked? Like is that the team basically saying, "Well, I guess we're done with you as a player. We don't care if you come back because we're bringing in this guy, whether you give a shit or not."
1: Yeah, I don't know. We could be we could be way off though. You know, like maybe maybe they did talk to him about it. Like maybe maybe it's all good. We don't know. Like we're kind of waiting to see at this point uh, what the reaction is going to be from a guy like because well, now I've Nigel seen
2: Dawes. I've seen rumors online that his contract expires in a couple of weeks, and has basically told the team. That he isn't coming
0: back, oh okay,
1: okay, well, then that sheds a little bit more light like mentioned he's had a great career over there, man he's been over a point per game player every year for the last uh well excuse me he wasn't a point per game player this year, but three consecutive seasons prior he was over a point per game player like the guy's tearing it up over there he's played with uh whatever they're called automobilist Yekaterinburg. Yeah. I wanted to I wanted to put you on the spot, make you say it
2: i was trying to do. i was reading it earlier trying to figure out if i could say it i, I would have said it the same way you did
1: yeah i think that's right you automobilist Yekaterinburg automobilist yeah whatever anyways he he's yeah. te- he's been tearing it up for them so he's not coming back so obviously he he can't be too happy about it but again we don't know that that's just speculation maybe he wanted no. to go somewhere else anyways i don't know Because he played with with another team for like seven years prior.
2: Of all the coaches out there, like I know they love over in the KHL picking up coaches that are quote-unquote banished or or kind of had their time here in the NHL. Right. But like no hockey team in in North America, or maybe even in Europe for that matter, would touch this guy with a 10-foot pole. But it just goes to show you how different things are over in Russia.
1: In Soviet Russia... (laughs) You know, it's it's, it's it's
2: crazy. We don't really give a shit about racism or anything like that. No. Like Russian culture is a lot different. You know, I'm not proclaiming to be an expert on it. But I think from this particular transaction, it's very clear that, I mean, this, what he did is not really considered that big of a deal.
1: Over there? No, apparently not. I
2: mean, they're just probably happy to scoop up a, a, a coach of that caliber on the cheap.
1: I guess, but I mean, why? So they can win or is it like to sell more, sell more tickets maybe or something? Like, I don't know. What's the draw there? They want to win.
2: Definitely just gotta have, it's gotta be based on just him being a coach. They want to win, right? They want to win. Yeah. That's, uh, you know, it's like when Mike Keenan basically became, uh, became, you know, basically I shouldn't say washed up, but persona not grata, essentially in the NHL. Right. He went over and had a very successful run in the KHL. Now, I'm not saying comparing Mike Keenan to Bill Peters, no, but the situation
1: uh, is the same, like the situation kind of. of yeah, they're just like similar. You,
2: there's no jobs for you anymore. you burnt all your bridges, no nobody wants you to be here, and then you go and find a a, a job over in in Russia, so crazy, crazy news over here, but I'm sure over there it, it's probably not that big of a deal,
1: yeah, well, I guess we'll see we'll see how it develops i I'm interested, I didn't know about that. Nigel Dawes uh, and, and I didn't know about that contract thing, so I, I'm actually I'm gonna I'm interested to follow that up a little bit and find out where where he ends up going because I don't think he's like at the age of of retiring. Well, he's thirty five. He's
2: Thirty five, but like you got to figure he's in a. I you can't see a scenario where that guy's wanna, wanting to go back to the team, and it just seems like a very. You know, we just talked about how how teams kind of looking at every facet of taking care of their guys and and being. Good people and forming good relationships with players. This is not a way to do it.
1: Well, he'll find a home in a hurry over there. He's been like I said, he's been tearing it up. It's not like he fell off a fucking cliff here. Uh yeah. he's, he's been he's been tearing it up. I just had his DB page up in front of me. He's he's been he's been doing a good job. So hopefully he continues to play because that'll that'll make that a storyline too. To see when uh, Nigel Dawes plays against Automobilist. And uh, yeah. have to check out those highlights. Maybe shooting yeah, a couple, shooting so. a couple of pucks into the fucking into the bench. You, Katermanberg.
2: Oh, yeah. oh my god! <laughs> <Look> out, boys! Get <laughs> yeah, her up into the press box because it's really management who we should be pissed off at in this situation.
1: Yeah, true. Yeah, true. True.
2: Uh, another big hockey story that kind of came about recently was that the WHL had their first uh, player who was granted exceptional status, uh, Connor Bedard who plays at West Vancouver Academy Prep. Uh, I can't believe I'm looking at the elite prospects paid for a 14-year-old, but here we are.
1: Yeah. Uh, So he's
2: uh, 5'8", 165, and he had a pretty cool uh, 84 points in 36 games with this uh, Academy Prep team. And the previous year, I guess in their Bantam program, put up 88 points in 30 games played.
1: Man, eighty-eight points in thirty games. You know how much fun that would have been to go watch that kid play. He would have been thirteen.
2: Oh yeah, it'd just be a blast, and like he's probably having a blast too. You got to figure
1: every time he touches the puck, it goes in.
2: Yeah, I mean you're putting up, you're averaging two points a game, over <laughs> like, two points a game.
1: That's insane, bro. Like that's yeah, really, so it'd really be cool, cool to see
2: to see how he uh, how he does, and and he'll be he'll be one of those guys, much like Shane Wright that we talked about before, who's going to be. Followed as kind of the being the the next up and coming big thing, so it, it, you know the WHL hasn't done that before, whereas we've seen it a lot in the OHL in terms of granting exceptional status. So, you know, I haven't taken the time to look up any highlights or anything out there this kid, but uh, it'd be someone worth watching for sure.
1: You know, it's you're, you're right about. Yeah, I never thought we'd be looking at a elite prospects page of a 14 year old i like that but it's interesting now i'm I'm, i scrolled down a little bit further to see uh tournament statistics and here he is playing for the pro hockey hudson selects under 12 okay so under 12 guy puts up 16 points in nine games i think it's less surprising at that age though it's it's less surprising when one kid can can take over at, at that age yeah
2: yeah, but it's more so when you get into like, you know, competitive Bantam and midget and stuff when guys are, are absolutely lighting it up. And and I don't know if you see it as much nowadays, but, you know, back, you know, back then, or I should say back then, but back and say like, you know, when Crosby was coming up, for example, uh, you'd see a lot of these guys play up instead. They would play age groups ahead of them. Right. Uh, in order to find kind of more equal, better competition.
1: Right. And what? So that doesn't happen as much anymore, you mean?
2: I don't think it does. Like, I think it's a lot harder. Like there's a lot more red tape involved. Okay. You know, in terms of getting sanctioned by Ontario, uh, hockey association and, and whatnot. And because there's a lot of politics involved in hockey now too, because think about it, if you're the, if you're the major Bantam team of, of the Toronto Marlies, let's say, and you've got this kid and he's trying to play up, you don't want to lose that kid.
1: Yeah, that's right.
2: Right. So the, the politics comes into it as well. So it's, you know, it's interesting to see and and, and, and a guy like that um, is obviously going to be worth worth following and, and hopefully someone, you know, we get to see up and coming maybe in the world junior scene in a year or two.
0: Kid got
1: 24 snipes in seven games in the uh, under 13s. He got 32 points in seven games. That
2: would, that, that would be something worth watching. That like, would even be, at 13 yeah. years old. <laughs> That's like,
1: so crazy, dude. Over yeah. three goals a game.
2: Now, I did want to ask you about this. I don't know if you, uh, Pronger's interview on Chicklets. We were talking about them earlier, but one of the biggest takeaways was, was from, uh, how he almost got acquired by the Maple Leafs, apparently.
1: Oh, I didn't catch that. I heard some of the interview, but I didn't hear all of it. I obviously missed that part.
2: Yeah. So apparently the Leafs were basically Alex Steen away from acquiring Chris Pronger from the Oilers at the time. Uh, they were apparently only willing to offer stagin and not Steen, and that's why the deal did not go through, and who do we end up fucking sending, we've said this a million times, who do we end up sending Steen for? Goddamn Lee Stepniak. Lee Stepniak. So there you go, Leaf fans, we could have had Chris Pronger, but instead you got Lee Stepniak.
1: And would Chris Pronger not have completely, like if you could go back in time in an alternate universe where the Leafs had Chris Pronger from that point forward, would that, would, would him alone not end the whole like defense problem and, and debate that everyone had for so many years?
2: Well, it would have changed everything. Cause my, well, the first thing I did is I immediately pulled up kind of what happened to Leafs that year. And that was the year they just missed out on the playoffs, uh, basically on a New Jersey shootout win or something like that, or Islanders shootout. Oh. Win. Uh, basically was out of their hands at the end of the season. I and I remember that. literally watching the game, but you know, this was a, a pretty good Leafs team. They had just, Again, probably out of the post-lockout situation, a little slow, a little old for the time, but still, you know, had a fair amount of talent and and looked like a team that could potentially, uh, uh, you know, looked like a play, you know, potential playoff team. This is when they still had uh, McCabe and Caberle, They had Antropov. They was, had Sundin. Was Koliakovo on that squad? Uh, I believe Kolyakov would have been there still at that point or maybe he had been released because i'm I, don't know. I was gonna
1: ask you if that was the year where the leafs had to win the night before and then they needed new jersey to win
2: yeah and then the, new jersey lost to the yeah United no Olympics. i
1: know that part but yeah. the leafs i'm 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 hoping that i'm not mistaking different years because i think if i'm not mistaken that the leafs were fucking losing the night before and it looked like they were going to lose and it didn't even fucking matter about making it to tomorrow. And then Carlo Koliakovo scores a fucking 60-footer from the point, And they tied it. And then the Leafs won. And now it was up to tomorrow. And then fucking, obviously, they never got it in. But I, I was wondering if you could confirm or deny that story. I, I just, I remember, I-, I feel like I remember... We were going to lose, and I was mad about it, anyways. And they can stop talking about the fucking game tomorrow because we're not going to make it there anyway.
2: Ah, yeah,
0: They guys,
1: you know. And then they won, and then it, it all came down to tomorrow, and then they they didn't they didn't get in.
2: Yeah, that was kind of the twilight of the Sundin days. But you know, you can't help but think of how different maybe Leafs history would be, and especially the season that Leafs team would have had with a guy like Pronger on their blue line uh, that season you know have and they would have had him for the whole season.
1: Yes, that that's and that's what I mean. I feel like I know one player can't change everything, but the acquisition of said player could um change things in the sense well, that now guy, more guys want to come here.
2: A guy like Chris Pronger is is probably the closest example you're going to get of a guy who could change everything because he essentially did that in Edmonton. That's we right. saw that. That's right. I mean with the with how deep they went in the in the playoffs that year. Now they had a good team, they had a skilled team and And uh, a lot of good young players on that team at the time. But, I mean, talking about an X factor. I mean, an all-time great defenseman right there.
1: Man, we're an hour and 24 minutes in, and I have only just found out right now that I can split screen this Skype video.
2: Oh, like make it even so you're not like a little
1: thing? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, we're right next to one another, which I feel like is, is more fun to look at than before when it was just you and then like I'm just this little tiny square. Yeah, you just want
2: to look at yourself more, at like your mustache. Yeah, well,
1: I got my fucking stupid pantyhose fucking do-it-yourself <laughs> boom fucking mic thing here in front of my face, which looks terrible. Yours looks great. I wish, cause-
2: I wish we were doing a video feed so you could see what, see how funny it looks. <laughs> we,
1: I don't know why we don't do video feed. We should well, be doing this on video. Out. Your,
2: your, your production and tech values. So I'm going to well, take a. Okay. I'm well, I'll, a here, I'll move the your, microphone uh, out of the
1: way so you can take a picture.
2: I'm going to take a picture so I can tweet out what your, what your mic, no, put your mic in. I want, uh, that's what I want a picture of is your dumb mic thing. Oh,
1: well you gotta, you gotta be able to see the mustache in there.
2: Lean back from the mic a little. There, I'll get your (laughs) mustache. There we go. That's a good picture. There you go, buddy.
1: All right, y'all set. This is terrible podcasting.
2: Look, oh, it is. You look fantastic. We're done here, anyway. Are Are we We, done? Okay. Do we have anything else to do? I'm gonna go play Fortnite. So,
1: dude, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna waste the next five minutes of your life telling you to get the division.
2: Yeah, for like the third time too. Did
1: you look at it at least? Do you know what you're dealing I, with? I
2: know, I know what I'm dealing with, and it it looks wonderful and very addictive. And I just don't buy video games in the spring, especially ones that are gonna get me hooked.
1: What are you talking about buying video games in the spring, dude? We are in isolation, emergency fucking lockdown. Buy I the know, game. You're
2: right. That's probably the only thing that's keeping me still on the Xbox right now is the fact that I have. Pretty much nothing better to do once the sun. Oh well, down.
1: that's the only reason why I'm floating this idea. Too, I'm the same as you. I, I I don't even fucking game when springtime rolls around. There's too much going on with hockey playoffs, and I'm up all fucking night because I have to watch the overtime. Like I, I just get ridiculously uh, obsessed with with playoffs, and and I, and I don't have it right now. So like my internal alarm clock is all fucked up. So I have to do something between the hours of like. Eight to ten thirty eleven before I can start entertaining the idea of going to bed and Kirsty has to get up super early so she's already in bed I- I'm sorry I just can't binge that much TV I go fucking crazy so I need to I, have I, I, control I, of something and video games is a good way I don't care who you are I don't care what you say shit on video games all you want it's it, it is a productive thing to to do in some circumstances you can of course abuse it and you're just a lazy ass no good for nothing playing video games all day but it's also something that can it can be stimulating it can be fun um you know and it's a good way to pass the time and that's all we have right now is, is fucking time and 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 the, one of the main reasons i want to see you get it is because i'd like to be able, i'd like to game it with you because it seems like it's right up your alley like back in the day when we used to game those rpg games um what's what's why am i blanking right now the, the mario game that's uh super mario, super mario RPG. rpg Yeah, that's what yeah, it's called yeah. sorry yeah super mario yeah, rpg yeah. like those games are so fun to play and this game obviously is it's not like super Mario rpg but it is uh it's a mixture of a shooter and and an rpg style game where you're constantly you know picking up new items and and leveling up and being like oh man i i need one of those gloves like do you have a pair and like we can share things and make your guy better and the 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 game just like the map continues to to grow and get bigger and bigger and bigger like as you beat missions you unlock different areas in the map and then you can't even play player versus player until you're a certain level. So you have to oh, play yeah. the game, level up. up. Yeah. And then you go into the dark zone and that's where all the players are and people can, they can help you or they can fuck you up and you have to be careful. It's not just computer players. There could be real people running around trying to steal all your shit. It's pretty cool, man. Like uh, you, you kind of think of like a Fortnite shooter game versus like a old school Pokemon game where you have to walk around and find things. A
2: grinding out involved. That's the only thing keeping me like I guess the only thing keeping me playing video games is just really having a lack of other things to do and um, I, I've gotten the point too like it's been a long winter I'm done with Netflix I've watched everything I've needed to watch I feel like and it's right it, it's like I, I find myself playing a whole lot of what's on Netflix lately where you just sit there and look at eight different things and add them to your list and then not watch it and not watch any time. of them <laughs> yeah i've That's actually so uh, pulled out the old emulators too and i've been playing some old like weird obscure mario games like i was playing uh this japanese one i guess it only came out for super nintendo in japan called mario wrecking crew and it's like uh it's like a puzzle kind of game where you're like matching blocks against another person and you're like line them up and you throw certain attacks and whatever and super addicting game so i've been getting into like a bunch of obscure weird titles too so sometimes i don't have time for other games but we'll see
1: <laughs> all right we'll at least look into it do me the solid and look into it because
2: i will look into it we
1: got a we got a good group of lads actually that go on there quite a bit and there's um you know, you start like a clan and then you have points and you got to fucking level that shit up and all that stuff. So it's fun because you're there's always something to do. It's 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 very unlike other games where you log in and you're just going to do the same thing for an hour and then log. Yeah, off.
2: just play repeat match. Yeah, thing. like you can I've go. Been...
1: You, sorry, you can go like over to the West End and do like six missions and then be like, oh, that was a good night. I played for 45 minutes, uh, maybe an hour. Gonna to go to bed now. You go to bed, you wake up the next day, uh 14, 15 hours later, you go, oh, I'll play another game. You log in, everything you did yesterday is is toast. They've they've taken it over because yeah. it's like real it's it, it's actually like real time. Yeah, if you don't play for a long like, time, uh, they'll fuck you up.
2: It sounds kind of similar to G- what GTA Online was like.
1: Yeah, it, it is. Actually, it is. And that was a lot
2: of fun. That's something I really enjoyed playing with my friends, and that's kind of been one of the nice things about, about gaming right now, it's been a good way to socialize. It like, is a good get, way to socialize play with, yeah. play with guys and, and play with your buddies, so I've been putting in a few hours almost every day, it feels like lately.
1: <laughs> right on, man. All right, well, have a look at it, and maybe we can uh, maybe we can get together for a couple of sessions there uh, before we come out on the other side of this, which uh, hopefully is uh, not going to be too long, my man. I, I think probably at least another, uh, I, I want to say, like, a couple months maybe? Like, uh, fuck, at least, man.
2: At least a couple of months, man. Just We're going to have weird. to find
1: a way to do video video uh, recording on these episodes yeah we're gonna
2: have to step up our content game there if we're gonna stay relevant here throughout like we've already kind of uh reverted to our summer theme of like a podcast every couple to maybe three weeks if we feel like it you know just play it and it's hard we gotta take this day by day i mean that's what i've been trying to do and and we said it earlier like it's hard to put a date on things and 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 nobody has the answers right now so it, it's really been about kind of taking day on day and try and stay sane and you know, this it's been nice to do a show here today because I've been kinda wanting to do it and and regardless of how much you have to talk about, we can always find a way to to bang out an hour and a half of material. Well
1: yeah, it's been an hour and thirty two minutes and I remember saying to you the other day, like uh yeah, we can yeah, let's do a show. What what the fuck are we gonna talk about? Like (laughs) Because the problem is is nothing's happening, so nothing new is really uh, really jumping out off the page at us. We just have to talk about old stuff, uh, which is still fun to do. There are podcasts out there that are dedicated to talking about old stuff. Um, yeah. so there's, you know what I mean? There's no, there's no qualms for me about, about doing that. And I, one of the main reasons why I'm hoping we can get together for a game or two is maybe create some content that way from, yeah, when we're, we can, when we're gaming it and doing something, but I mean,
2: get into Twitch yeah, we'll, we're not, we'll, we're not hard enough for that. Yeah. All the yeah. most successful Twitch streamers are much better looking.
1: <laughs> Speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah we're going to, we're going to, we're going to step it up. I, I'd like to entertain the idea of uh doing some sort of like a you know screen cap like if i could just if i could just literally record my fucking phone screen for the entire time that we just did this podcast i could put this out right now this 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 split screen thing i'm looking at it looks fine
2: youtubers then youtubers and podcasters multi multimedia enterprises
1: i would have to figure out my life a little bit because i'm sure if you look at me on the screen i look i look like it, my looks like a fucking disaster i have that we already lo- joked about that thing in front of my mouth but like <laughs> i also have the computer in front of me with the recording program going so like i'm constantly looking at that it doesn't look like i'm even looking at you <laughs> like so we'd, okay. we'd have to try and figure something out but uh I think it would be possible for us to do. And, you know, um, our friend, uh, who is, you know, geo has been uh, gracious enough to offer his, uh, his expertise, his service. I'd like to maybe pick his ear a little bit, maybe get him a little bit more, uh, on board as the actual producer that he wants us to call him at some point in time. So maybe that'll yeah, we be, we got
2: things in the works there yeah. folks. So And some good interviews and, uh, coming up, right? Big interviews coming up. We have a couple former NHLers that we're going to tease that will be coming up on the show, hopefully sooner than later, just sorting out some technical things, and uh, hopefully this whole corona scene sorts itself out, and that would also expedite the process on that as well. And, uh, yeah, like we said, we're going to try and figure out some of the more technical aspects of maybe bringing some better content to you, but... Uh, we definitely do appreciate you guys still tuning in and supporting the show. Make sure that you're subscribing on whatever the hell pod, podcast platform you use and like, share the content, spread the word, and uh, you know we'll, we'll keep we'll keep it going as long as you fuckers listen.
1: Well, that was a much better outro than you tried last episode. <laughs> remember last episode, you're like, oh, okay, I can't remember what you said. I was just listening to it not that long ago. You you, you tried the outro and then you just stopped abruptly. You're like. That's all I got. <laughs> That's
2: all I got. Yeah, you're I like, I, yeah,
1: you're like, I don't know why I tried to do the outro. You always do it, but you just did a perfect right. one there, my friend. So I think
2: we had a pretty good program here, considering like you know you're scraping a little rust off, and you know it might, and we're still getting used to doing this remotely, and it, you think like, oh, how different can it be? But it, it's still a little bit different.
1: Oh, it's, it's incredibly different. It's, it's hard to, it's hard Where to share emotions cheating, the zone and everything, right? Yeah. It's hard to share emotions, you know, with, with each other. We do that. That's, that's how our podcast exists right now is, is, uh, you know, talking to each other, bouncing ideas off, maybe arguing about a few things. It's a little harder to do that when, when we're doing it remotely, cause I'm just yelling at the wall. Uh, and you know, my voice is bouncing back at me and, uh, but yeah, it's a work in progress. I'm glad we were able to do it. I'd like to do, you know, the next show, maybe a little quicker than this one. I don't know if we have to do it next week, but you know, maybe in, in 10 days, maybe we can do another one in, in, in 10 days, you know, nine to 12 days or something like that. We will Uh, put something up
2: and we won't put timelines on it because we did that last time. And if people were actually wanting to hold us to it, we'd look like, we'd look like shit. So well, let's uh let's keep it open
1: <laughs> well i got a few i got a few messages like hey why are you guys not recording i thought you said you were gonna record this week blah 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 so you know people i'm not letting people down yeah i mean i'm not gonna say it's hundreds of fucking people but you know if we, I, I, we said this from day one man all you know all we need is a few people that actually listen consistently and there's <laughs> way more than a few people now uh that listen consistently our gear is still selling i don't know if you saw that email uh come across i don't even know if you get the emails or maybe i'm the only one that gets them am i the only one that gets you them, got them. I get, you get him too. I get him Oh, nice. Okay. Right on. Yeah. So we saw pipes with his big order and, um, you know, I want to say congratulations, but fuck pipes. It took you long enough to throw that order in there, bud. He said today in the group chat, he's like, I finally put my order in. I was like, Hey, finally, I thought you were all talk, but it was yeah, good. He got a hoodie still up there. Yeah. If you guys
2: want to get in on that swag. It's still up there available online and, uh, hopefully we'll be adding to that soon. And, uh, yeah, lots of stuff in the works here at the pox and deep podcast and, uh, you know like i said we're gonna do our best to keep getting creative and keep the content flowing i mean hey we managed to make it through last summer just fine i think things were a little spread out but it's just very similar to the off season at this point yeah that's right from a podcasting standpoint
1: except there's a global pandemic going on
2: that's right except we have high levels of anxiety and (laughs) we're starting to go a little crazy
1: and we have no fucking toilet paper Oh, you have no toilet paper? No no no, I'm just saying we in general, like we can't find any fucking toilet paper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alright, well, thanks for joining us again here. Episode 61 is a wrap on the Fucks and D podcast. I find it really strange going to the outro let's go without our famed music in the background. Which of course is actually playing right now because I added it after the fact. But right now it's a cold outro and it feels just like that cold let's go. Maybe that's what you were dealing with last week or last maybe. time we did this. Maybe, uh, yeah,
2: maybe I was thrown off by
1: the lack of music. Yeah, yeah. let's blame it on that for sure. All right, we'll find us on Twitter at Coleman42, at Lesko Adam, and at PuckPod. Drop us a line. Let us know if there's anything you guys want to hear us talk about. And uh, also, lastly, I did want to throw this in there. Whoever's listening in Mountain View, United States, wherever that is I've googled it there's one near Washington there's one near California and I think there's one near New York I don't know who you are but I want to hear from you because you are without a doubt our most religious listener and uh, shoot us a line on Twitter maybe there's uh, something in it for you if you hit us up I'm really interested to know who's listening down in Mountain View so hit us up on Twitter again at Coleman42 at PuckPod at Lesko Adam and thanks for joining us here For episode 61, it's a wrap, and we'll see you again whenever we see you.